No doubt the hardest question we've ever put to our fund managers, which other fund manager would they choose to manage their money? Oh, that is a tough question. Um, I think it would probably be Fairlight Asset Management, uh, mainly because I, I know Nick and I've worked with him. I think they have a good process. They do pretty similar stuff to what we do. Um, very bottom-up, quality-driven, very aware of valuations and culture. But they do it in more in the small cap and medium space. So that's probably a, if I was to give someone else some money to manage, it would probably be that. It'd be Antipodes uh, at this point. They seem to be clearly finding a number of very attractive opportunities um, within that global context, much broader than the Australian market and some, some great um, value opportunities. So we've uh, chosen something that's actually outside the um, equity part of the market. We've, we think this is actually a fund manager that would provide good diversification for an investor who's got a portfolio of, of stocks. Um, and that, that manager is Metrics Credit Partners. Um, so they're actually part of the Pinnacle Investment Umbrella. Um, and what they specialise in is private debt. So that's usually a part of the credit market that's been off, off limits, I guess, to uh, retail investors. It's been very hard to access. And it's really attractive given low interest rates at the moment. It's really hard to get regular income. Mm. And that's exactly what this fund provides. It gives you regular income. And it also provides investors with really good risk-adjusted returns. If I could pick one anywhere in the world, it would be Stan Druckenmiller. I think he is, in my mind, the best investor of all time. Um, he's done a 30% return per annum for 30 years, and he's never had a down year in that time. So I think he's pretty incredible in terms of what he's delivered. The other thing I like about him is that any time I hear him speak, I find him incredibly insightful and articulate. And he's also very humble and philanthropic as well. So not only a great investor, but a great person and someone I really admire. I've found it difficult to come up with a nice, simple answer. So the way I manage money is a, a man for all seasons type of thing. You've got to adjust to what's in front of you, try and protect your capital. It's not about indexing. So I'm going to give you a couple of names that I think covers everything that I can do. So in the big cap area, which I don't specialise in, is probably Wavestone, Catherine Alfred and her team. I really think they do a lot of work and they're terrific. I think as a generalist, it might be someone like an L1, an L1, um, you know, Mark both Landau. Mark Landau and his team, but they both go long and short and they are very um, stock selective and, and so there's a bit of protection on both sides. In my neck of the woods, which is small caps, the list of good managers is unbelievable. We're really lucky in this country. But I would say someone who I think has done a great job over a long time is the guys at Eli Griffiths. And especially now, um, well, Ben Griffiths has been the, the kind of boss of that business. And now we've got David Allingham. Mm. And I think they do a great job. They're very market aware. Um, that They pick their stocks incredibly carefully. Yeah, there's a, an old colleague of mine called Nick Cregan who started up a fund at Fairlight Asset Management. And they do global small and mids uh, with a quality bias. And Nick's a good operator and the team around him, I think he's very good as well. So. Um, they've been set up for, I think, three or four years now, putting some really good scores on the board. I think, you know, small caps are a good place to be and a good place to generate really good returns. Uh, I think it's going to be Mr Slater of Bailey Gifford in the UK. And, uh, and the reason that I would say him is because he really understands and appreciates the power of investing uh, in a concentrated way 
and very, very patiently and looking for exceptional businesses that can really deliver extraordinary returns over time. The reality is, is you know, there's, there's a, it's a game of very few winners and lots of losers. Not all of them are listed. Uh, there are some really exciting ideas that are not listed. Um, I think there's some emerging private fund managers in Sydney like Blackbird and, and Airtree. Um, I'd point to groups like Bally Gifford Offshore, et cetera, that also put private stocks in their fund. These guys are getting access to, to some of the most exciting companies in the world and they're getting access pre-IPO um, and they've got the talent to find it. And so those would be the guys that I would put a portion of my capital with. You're retired, you've got a spare hundred million. Which fund manager in Australia are you going to give that money to? <laughs> Who are you picking? That's a great question. And I actually gave this a lot of thought. You know, there were two guys that I used to work with when I was at Colonial First State 15 or 20 years ago. And they cover small caps, developing companies, emerging companies, Tim Cannon and, and Wick Farwick. Now, the name of the company is now called First Centia because it got sold by the Combank. But if I had a hundred million bucks and I had to stick it somewhere and, and want to go to sleep and give it to guys that would do well for me, it'd be those two. No doubt they'll be in touch. Yeah, so when looking at another process or fund that I would look to invest in, we'd certainly think, look into things that we think are important, like a long-term track record of return, sustainable points of differentiation, an area or region or sector or process that we think is conducive to the current environment. And an example of that is BlackRock's Throgmorton Fund, which is a UK-based small and mid-cap equity manager that has delivered significantly over many periods of time. And it's also consistent with our view that, as I mentioned, certain regions are more attractive than others. And Europe, including UK, certainly fits that. Maybe Jim Chanos's Kinekos. I think it's gonna be a really ripe environment for the short sellers. They've had a horrible, horrible time of it. I think his farm has gone from $2 billion down to $300 million or something like that. Wow. Uh, it's been a horrible time to be a short seller. I think it's going to be a pretty ripe environment for exactly that reason over the next couple of years. And that would be a really nice compliment in my portfolio. I'm generally a boring, long-only guy. I like owning businesses. I like getting paid dividends. It'd be nice to have something in my portfolio that's just a really nice piece of downside protection here. It's a difficult choice. We've got actually a fantastic Swiss company called Partners Group in our portfolio, which is a diversified private equity quasi fund manager across all asset classes. Uh, we've, we've owned them for about 10 years and if I had to give anyone money, I'd give those guys money because they're very consistent performers um, and they'll pay themselves only after they've um, made the returns for their investors. So very well aligned, I think. Why I look at stocks? is I love looking for a quality stock, but waiting for some short-term issues, and then I buy, and the share price reflects it, and buy it. Caledonia is a, comp, a, a, a portfolio manager who I respect. They've had a 20-year track record. They're very concentrated in their bets, but they've just had a really tough time. I think they had their worst month ever. They had a really tough period at the moment, and the unit price reflects that. That's probably the one I'd, I'd look at. It would be a group called Lone Pine Capital. They're probably not well known and that's part no. of the appeal. Yeah. <laughs> they're quite secretive. Um, they're actually a tiger cub. So they're one of the offshoots of the tiger fund. It's one of the guys that have gone, gone out on their own. They only own about 30 to 40 stocks. They do a lot of work, a lot of detail and they back themselves, you know, um, and uh, that appeals to me. It's pretty simple, but um, I think it's effective. Never heard of them. What do they, where? They're in the US, they're Connecticut. They've got about uh, 30, 40 billion US under management. So yeah. quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, they're successful. If I'm looking at um, a fund manager from the other side of the, the lens, I, I like someone who's got, who's been very sensible about their capacity um, as we said earlier, I think there's going to be a lot of volatility next year. So probably want someone who's seen a few cycles, 
Um, and also on someone who has got a lot of alignment, and by that I mean they're a big investor in their fund. Um, so with those three things, I think um, you know, Chris Stott from 1851, who you know well, uh, would be a good place to, to put some money. But I think the fund, I think he's actually just soft closed the fund, so that's I'm probably sure, not that. I'm <laughs> sure I could find room for you. Yeah. Active funds management is, is, is very, very difficult. There's very few instances of active fund managers outperforming consistently over time. I think most of the yeah. statistics show that over a 10 year period, it's something in the vicinity of 15% of fund managers outperform, yeah, which um, very low. <laughs> is, is insanely low. Yeah. Um, so I think back to where I started, probably BlackRock or Vanguard, an index fund, take the long term view, recognise that it is hard to outperform and management fees are very low. Um, well, I do have money with other fund managers as it happens around global equities. Um, I mean, I've got money with uh, Bronte Capital that I like. They're very, very much positioned towards some of sort of the more um, low quality garbage type tech names around the world where there's, you know, indications of fraud and the like. You know, we do feel like it's very late cycle in terms of the... Uh, the asset pricing cycle, and again, those long duration tech names, recent um, IPOs and the like, will all be very, very vulnerable as we, uh, as we move into 22 and 23. Yeah, it's an interesting question, one I thought you know, long and hard about. I've given some money to some guys called Digital Asset Funds Management, and they do um, like an arbitrage trading in cryptocurrency. So a couple wow. of things, yeah, it's really unique. So I don't know anything about it. I'm not an expert in how to trade it, how, how to really how to understand the currency, the custody of it. Yeah. Um, these guys, um, Clint and Mike in Sydney, know their stuff. They don't make substantial returns, um, you know, every month, but we're making sort of, you know, two or 3% per month. So I think it's a really good, you know, long-term investment. And also I think in that market, there's so many speculators involved. There are a lot of inefficiencies. So I think as a new asset class, if you've got that kind of strategy that's really defined, it's probably not a bad place to invest. Yeah, that's really interesting. We've not had any responses like that.